Good morning, everybody. It is Friday. It is August 24th here in Stockton, California. It is 7.08 and we're getting the day started. It's that nice fall weather that's starting to move in. You know, at the time of year when it's here in the summer and it's baking fucking hot and it all starts to settle down, the temperatures start to come in and that nice cool breeze, that perfect comfort breeze comes in and gives you the best sleep ever. Oh yeah, we cannot enjoy that any more than how perfect it really is so we're get, i've got a fun field show for you let's get started it's good vibes of jason b and we're back so last night i posted an episode about online dating i'm gonna admit i had a few drinks a little bit of smoke Hey, and uh, it was all a good night. Nothing really serious about it. So if some of you took offense to it and you had listened to it, hey, can't help you. But it is what it is. And this is my station. So this is how it's going to go. Today, I am not going to try to be so in-depth and sounding like such an Eeyore or a cynic. So what do we have in store today? Okay, first up, the things that get on your fucking nerves when you are sharing a household number one i think anyone can identify with this don't you hate it when you're going to do your business in the bathroom whether taking a shit or taking a piss doesn't matter well i guess for guys we don't need really toilet paper for to take a piss but that's the issue toilet paper don't you just love it when you see someone who just who just finishes the bathroom they Use what they need to use, and then it comes down to that two little, like, lightest layer possible. Um, you know, that one layer. It's like, once you take it off, it's like one or two strips, and then you're like, fuck, are you serious? Did you really do that? While I'm thinking, how many times have I done that to others? And was I thinking? Sometimes I was just being a little shit. And just saying, ha, 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 wait, wait till you come in there, fucker. Because I knew they did it to me just a couple days ago. Sometimes I wasn't thinking at all. I was just like, ah, I'll get it. But then it slips your mind. You go into the next thought. And you go into everything else that you got to do. And then the moment arises. It's done to you. Oh, yes. And especially, it's not one of those uh, times where... They store extra rolls underneath the sink. Oh, no, that would be too easy. Oh, no, it's got to go in the hallway or the big giant bundle of Costco toilet paper. You know what I'm talking about, the 56 or whatever, the 60 roll big giant bundle package. Oh, yeah, it's in there. And you're like, yeah, uh-huh. it's a little squishy in the booty, but uh, we still have to go and get some. Hope to God that no one sees us. Or you say, hey, fucker, come and bring me a roll, please. No. Oh, no. That would be just too easy. So you dare and you pull up your pants and you're like, okay, don't squeeze, don't extend, don't push out. Let's hope we don't get any squirts, skid marks, you know, 
Hershey stains, whatever you want to call in your clothing, and grab that roll as quick as you can and get back to that magic little white throne where you dump all your bullshit, your deep thoughts, and oh yes, the previous days before food. Yeah, we can't forget that. And keep in mind, the healthier you eat, the more that it stinks. It's a fact. When you start eating a lot of vegetables, guess what? It stinks more. Yes, and it's true. And here's another little tidbit for those who do know or don't know. When you do eat asparagus, yes, your fucking pee stinks even more. It's pungent. It's musty. Yes. Let's get back to what we were talking about, the main point of the matter. So those people, those people who decide, yes, I'm just going to take and run and go and not replace... So it's a silly little game, almost like checkers or chess, you could say. When you'll get them or when they'll get you. Who's laughing, who's conscious, and who's not? Yes, the fun things of sharing a household with others. Next up, what is the other thing? What can you not stand? Okay. I can't stand it. When you have house guests. And they come over and not that I really mind too much, but I do mind is when you notice they start rummaging around your bathroom and they start looking for Q-tips and whatever. And that's fine. Even though they're in plain view on the shelf, if they would actually freaking just look up like, oh, hello, they're not for decoration. I'm sorry. I'm not that kind of guy. If you're storing the toiletries or whatever the the medicine cabinet things in plain view it's not because it looks pretty it's there for use unless it has like a sealed container where you could not open it then maybe i would consider that for looks but however i have been in those homes where people have it so pretty so perfect and then you see it oh yes you see it the perfect you got the little you know, starfish on the wall. You got the little, you know, porcelain cup to hold like these rustic looking toothbrushes. And then you got the perfect little hanging towels with some kind of embroidered look or, or special color to make the whole bathroom flow. And then you have cabinets below. Oh yes, you can't forget the cabinets because they look so immaculate and perfect. It's a sign of insanity, people. I'm sorry if your bathroom looks too, too pretty. Yes, maybe it should be in a magazine. But no, this is where we do the damage. Yes, the damage, the construction, the upkeep of our persons. You know what I mean. Brushing the teeth, combing the hair, trimming the eyebrows, taking a piss or shade if you need to, shower. Oh, yes, the biggie, the big one. Now, when it comes to the shower... I'm not too particular. I use a man scrub. I also use uh, a mixture of charcoal soap to help, you know, scrub away the, the toxins off the surface of my skin and as well as sandalwood to keep that masculine kind of smell, feel, whatever. Don't want the too soft of soaps or the aromatic soaps that make you smell so fresh and clean. You know, the lavenders. No, sorry, I don't need to sleep when 
I'm taking a shower. It's to wake my ass up, get me going, and doing the things that I love to do in the day for work. Yes, we love that work. You know, that's number two. So, oh, yes. And then, you know, I always, in my bathroom, I like to leave towels at the reach. I put one, when I take a shower, I put one over the top loop. You know what I mean? The shower curtain. Leave it over so I can dry myself in the shower after I'm done and not on the floor because I can't stand walking on wet mats. Mm -mm. No, I don't have that kind of bathroom. Although I wish I did, you know, have a tile bathroom with the drain at the end, you know, in the middle of the floor. So like when your kids get out and they're getting all soppy wet, it just goes into the drain. But oh no, we don't have that. I don't have that modern amenity. However, it will be in the master plan when I build the master home, yes. Kind of like Pinky and the Brain says, and uh, Pinky says, "What are we gonna do now, Brain?" Oh, we're going to rule the world, Pinky. <laughs> yeah, we can't forget that. Anyway, going on with the show. So, yes, leaving the shower drying, keeping it reach ready. I don't believe in putting perfect little towels to look and so have my guests look at because most of the time you fuckers aren't going to come in my bathroom. You're not going to use my bathroom and you're not going to know what I have. Oh, the golden treasures of, you know, colognes and specific things. The only ones that dare get to enter that little room are, yes, my daughters, my angels, my princesses, the hellions, the little devils sometimes if they so conniving and clear oh yeah and they're just as creative as i am <laughs> take that baby mamas <laughs> yes even to my girlfriend now yes my little 10 month old she's a little deviant too and i see it oh yes and then you have the relationships you have to share the bathroom now I have come to learn after dating so many people that, you know, you would think that most women are a lot like each other. You know, they look good on the outside, but a lot of them, I'm going to break it to you, ladies and gentlemen, or I should say gentlemen first. They like to put their makeup shit all over the counter and they leave it there and they think it's cute. A lot of them do. Now, the perfectionists, they might take their shit, put it away and have a vanity and put it on their drawer. Great. But for the most part, in my experience, they love to leave their mascaras, their cover-ups, their powders, their lotions, their perfumes, and it's all over the sink. Now, I don't like that. Nope, don't like it at all. And then there's the new healthy things that we love to enjoy. You know, those little special, you know, tips that can help make your teeth white for example like using activated charcoal yes i gotta admit you know what i brush my teeth three times before i leave the house sometimes twice um and here's what i do i basically um i do a light brush um, i try to find toothpaste without heavy fluoride because fluoride is not good for your teeth it actually dissolves your teeth you want to know more look it up online you'll find plenty of information it's a, it's a false truth. But then after that, I use activated charcoal to make and scrub away the hard particles, the things, and the toxins in your mouth. Because yes, your mouth is one dirty pie hole of cess 
and, and uh, what do you call it, biological filth. It all helps break down the food that you stick in it or the drinks that you put in your mouth to enjoy. Yes, wine, water, soda, whatever you want to call it, or even coffee. But activated charcoal happens to help scrub all that stuff away. Yes, it looks like it's disgusting. That you look like maybe a zombie for just a little bit, but when you rinse it out, scrub it out, your teeth look ten times wider than they did before. Now, I wasn't a perfectly hygienic person who had the perfectly white teeth, no. I didn't have the greatest hygiene, but... As an adult, you started changing and realizing, yes, I need these teeth. I don't want fake ones drilled into my mouth. So you use that, and then you rinse. You do a good scrub of toothpaste again to get all the charcoal out and mouthwash and floss. And your teeth feel fresh, clean. They feel so smooth, like they were brand new. Yes, I like that stuff. But with that brushing with the activated charcoal it happens to let you know that where when you brush your teeth if you don't keep your mouth closed that all that black particle shit flies all over the bathroom gets on the mirror gets on the counters get on the sink you know handles and makes you think how dirty is this fucking place that you go to do your construction and deconstruction so yes when you have a girlfriend or wife i will have to say that you know, you got to set some ground rules and or you get hers, his side and her side of a bathroom, you know, independent sinks. And as for a guy, I like to keep my shit pretty clean because I know how disgusting that whatever comes out of my mouth or my hair or whatever, whatever I'm doing, I just don't want anyone else to see, let alone my girlfriend or wife, which I don't have a wife yet, but we're working on it so we're going there yes we have we've started out with toilet paper brushing your teeth and hand towels yes making it look perfect now however i do believe that you should clean your bathroom three to four times a week yes with lysol pine salt whatever hardcore cleaning product that scrubs away a lot of that biological mess that you leave behind and all crevices and cracks if possible because there's nothing better than coming into a bathroom that smells good yeah i definitely like it so that is my rant about the bathrooms and we're going to take a small brief break and i'll be right back good evening everybody how are you all doing i'm on my way back from santa cruz california to stockton which is about oh 85 miles but it takes like two hours just to get back home so i was listening to Allie moon's lyrical audio can and uh, she gave me definitely things to think about I have a thanker for that you know um, I was really thinking about where my creative side has gone you know and uh, how I've gotten so serious and instructional minded and 
I, I actually really enjoy the abstract. I enjoy poetry. I enjoy short stories. And I just got away from it. And not too long ago, I was trying to think of something creatively to write or say. It just seems like it wasn't there. But I know, like with anything, with any creative spirit, you get just gotta you gotta work at it sometimes to get it to come out. And I think I can remember why I stopped writing. It's probably about oh, 15 years ago. I was involved with somebody that I really did love. They didn't appreciate any of my writing. And um, they didn't appreciate it. They didn't care. And it just made me feel like, who cares? And I just let that person kind of drown out my, um, cover up my creative spirit. I think we all have it. Sometimes we just forget how or forget why, but I don't know, I'm starting to feel that spirit again, and uh, I used to be able to write things just right off the top of my head, you know, like sometimes really love stuff, and sometimes anger stuff, like revenge or like, how could you do this to me? That kind of thing. I don't know. I, I miss that feeling inside where you could just... I could put pen to paper and I could just imagine the words coming alive. Something to think about. Have you or do you keep up your creative spirit? Have you put them away and forgotten that they had been there? I don't know. What do you think, ladies and gentlemen? I'll be back in just a moment. Yes, it's Friday. It is August 31st. And we're just going to get things started. I haven't been to the gym in almost two weeks. Yeah, it has been two weeks. And I've just been feeling like garbage. So today I'm back at the gym. Yeah, Friday. I'm not waiting for Monday. I'm just I'm on the sp- the bike right now and getting me going. So let's get started. And good morning, everyone. So part of the Friday morning philosophy. Um, someone else brought this to mind, and I think I've been struggling with it as well. And it's learning to trust yourself again. Sometimes we lie to ourselves too much, you know, like, okay, this will be all right. I'll just, you know, push this aside and take care of something else or whatever. And then, you know, things happen. Life happens. And then you just got to face it. And it's like, it creates this nervous feeling inside. And uh, for a lot of us, that's anxiety. And anxiety can do a ringer on you. It can make you feel like you're having a heart attack. It can make you feel like you have the worst stomach ache or worst headache. 
you know, your chest feels like you're going to explode, you know, you just almost like losing control of, of your body, and your mind is really the one that's causing it all. So, um, you know, like as I was listening to somebody else, and they were summing up to not trusting their self and detachment of their situation from something they were so dependent on. Um, those kinds of things are, well, I've always needed my parents to help me out. I don't have anybody, but yet they have a full family, you know, and they have friends, you know, but in essence, people only care about you as far as you can show how you care about yourself. When you care about yourself and you take time to put into yourself, you're going to reap the rewards, if you know what I'm saying. And um, I mean, that's why I'm here at the gym now, is uh, I've been slacking. You know, I had to call into my student loans and renegotiate yesterday the rate of pay because it just seemed like the bills were getting to me too much. And I was thinking to myself, Am I adding into my well, or am I just drawing from my well? Well, I drew from my well a wife to where I'm almost empty. It's feeling lousy. Just my health was just feeling like shit. And um, I don't know. I just didn't, didn't feel like that. But then something inside to me at 5.50 said, Get the fuck up, Jason, and get your ass going. Get back to doing what the good things you were doing. And just trust the process. Trust the hard work. Trust your discipline. Trust your thoughts to serve you. And if your thoughts are not serving you, change those thoughts and put thoughts that are. You know, kind of self-motivation. And I was like, wow, how can I give advice to anyone who, you know, if I'm not doing it to myself? So... To be a man and practice what I preach, it's important. And I have a few of my steady goals in place that I'm definitely going to make happen. And that just making another day a better day. And so if you have those issues where you're just not going anywhere, you're just spinning wheels in mud, look to the side of you, right or left, look behind you. Where's your steady ground? If you have to step back, step back. If you have to step right, step right. If you have to step left, step left. If you have to put something in front of you to stand on to get you to the dry ground, do that. But whatever, don't stay still. Don't sink like in quicksand. Um, and that's my uh, daily dose of advice for the day. So we're going to continue in just a second. I'm going to start breaking these segments up into thought process. So that's my Friday morning motivation. Okay, we're adding more to the Friday variety. So welcome back to Good Vibes at Jason B, a Broad Minds and More podcast. So I was listening to a friend who was having some issues. Um, they were talking about com competition, so to speak, within their own household. And one of the things that I would say, you know, I, I think this is totally relevant 
it's like I'm I'm teaching my daughter this her she's on her second year of year-round swimming and I tell her you want to get better focus on your own race your own lane never look to the side right or left only look where you got to go and you focus on your ability drone you know basically put everyone else outside of your visual perspective and that is going to really help you how do you find yourself whether it be at home at work friendships associations uh organizations wherever you're a part of do you ever find that some people may see your idea and they want to try your idea too but your idea is making you shine and gaining you the attention now everyone has their own strengths and they have their own ways of shining you know you may have found something that's completely unique but humans are adaptive and not always creative there's plenty of copycats for example how many different versions are there of a road tire how many different brands are there of a road tire whoever invented the road tire didn't patent it enough and if they did they'd be making trillions of dollars you know from that one idea you know and it's called uh, what do they call it in the legal terms um genericizing genericizing is like for example um the q-tip q-tip is an as a brand for a cotton swab so what happens is after a while people know that brand as labeling the brand as the object and they um what they do is is all other generics that want to make the same thing same kind of quality overall they can after a while they can call it a q-tip now q-tip has had in the past a lawsuit to prevent um genericizing what they did was i forget how many years back i was in i was in law school reading about this and they were talking about how they had to start when they presented the lawsuit against these companies who were making the generic version they had to call their product cotton swab and they had to pay damages and they also had to influence the industry to call it a cotton swab so again how this relates is if you have a unique idea and someone copies your idea it doesn't mean they're going to make it better maybe they can make it better who knows maybe the original wasn't just as good i mean the wright brothers they came up with the first plane that flew in the air but how many planes came in there after brands you know how many airlines do we have to deal how i mean how many airline makers do we have to deal with i mean you have boeing as one of them um who else that's just the first one i can think of sikorsky is another um general electric they make the engines pretty much for everybody so never get pissed off about competition even if it's coming within your own house or your own family or your own friends you know don't get mad just encourage that's cool that you want to do it maybe you can learn off someone else 
you know, maybe not. Focus on swimming your own race, running in your own lane. If you're only focused on that, I guarantee you that your success, your feel of accomplishment will feel much more rewarding. And if someone does better for you, cheer them on. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you're afraid that they're going to gain your thunder, it's only determined on if you want to give it away. Do you want to give it away? Are you accepting that thought in your head? They're going to do it better than me and I can't I can't compete because they have this and they have that. And I, I'm just not that good. I'm not that confident. I need this support. I need this place. I need this these objects. And then you're just like, quit sounding like a bitch. Quit sounding like a nagging Nelly. You need, you need, you need to focus on your own shit. Focus on who you are. Focus on the product and the services or the business or the organization or how the family is going to do better your own way. You collaborate, you discuss, but don't get jealous. Don't get angry. Don't even so much get even. Do better. Step your game up. Because that means if you're worried about them, that means your own game is not as strong as it should be. That means your product, the way that you sell it, is not as good as it should be. Don't focus on anyone else. Run your own lane or swim your own race, one or the other. It's just like I tell my daughter. It's not the size of the fighter. It's the fight within the fighter. And... I can tell you, I have videos of my daughter beating girls outright coming from behind and straight out beating them. You know, my daughter is, I think, about three foot three. I could be wrong, maybe three foot four. And there's girls that are four foot beginning five foot at 10 years old. And these girls don't look like no 10 year olds. I mean, these girls have... They're they're voluptuous. They they they've developed like almost teenage women. And I keep telling my daughter, hey, don't worry about them. Don't worry about anything else you hear. Only worry about what you gotta do. And sure as shit, I watched my daughter win literally four races. Four. I videoed them where she came from behind and smoked them. I said, bigger isn't always better. It's the intent that you put in yourself. Now, and I also would give her my example. I'm a former um, junior Olympic athlete in my teenage years. I'm also a former section subsection section leader in in track and field and cross, cross country for my events. Um, I've even gone to state and competed at the highest level I've gotten you know, at the time when I was in high school, uh, offers, college offers, you know. But the thing that set me apart was I was used to, I got used to training harder than the next person. You know, it's like uh, Floyd Mayweather would say in his things, and this is why he is truly undefeated, whether I like him or not. He says, hard work and dedication. Hard work and dedication supersedes anything because it will pan out in some way. 
your efforts and whatever you do in life, whatever you want to approach is on you. You know, everyone's always trying to compete for the top, top, top position. But what about the best position you can be in? What about the best product you can produce? What about the best service you can produce? Create your legacy, live by your legacy, and your name will be known for your legacy, your hard work. I know certain guys in like, for example, the paint sales industry. I remember this sales guy, Ken. This guy was known all through the valley. And we're out of Stockton, California, and we're selling for Kelly Moore Paint Company. And Ken was just good with finagling words and people, and he got down and dirty and wasn't afraid. You know, Ken was a top-rated salesman. And one of the things I learned was, he says, he says to me, I know you're in the Navy, Jason. And I was in the army during the Vietnam War, but I know you're in the modern, you were in the modern war. He's all, what made you excel in the Navy? And I said, well, what made me excel in the Navy was focusing on the task at hand, making the best product or serving in the best way possible to help my, my crewmen, my teammates. I didn't focus on anything else. And when we have that discussion, he's like, that's what makes me the best in this area. And that's why, even though sometimes the product from other companies is better, I have guys who routinely come back to me and say, thanks, Ken. Thanks, Ken. So that's what you got to think about is, uh, you know, if you're doing your absolute best, your very best, and you're not gossiping and complaining and bitching about other people if you're focused on someone else's tragedy and gossip where are you what are you doing you know what i mean if your wife isn't cutting it you know and not making your meals or and you're working so hard and you're making all this money you know to uh to support the households and raising your children you're not working together to do your absolute best. You're the only one to blame. Because it's what you allow, what you accept. People, I'm not an expert. I'm not a doctor. I have a few degrees. You know, I know through a lot of bad choices what, what does work. And I'm always learning and I'm always curious to learn better and, and more. You know... The only thing I can ever tell you that is going to make your life truly successful is your adaptability, your adaptability to do and perform your best at all times. When you get caught up in the mental game of it, if you've accepted someone else's better as yours and your and look at yours as substandard, you got work to do. That means yours wasn't worth the fucking time it was spent on. You're worried about them. All right. Then all that hard work you just wasted, focus on you. Make you better. Contribute. Share. Don't be selfish and don't be jealous. Well, this is Good Vibes at Jason B. Broad Minds and More. This is another addition to the Friday Variety. I thank you all for your support. If you've heard me here on, on the Apple 
iPodcast or out the Apple platform of iTunes or whatever, please stop by my station and leave me a rating. I need your help. Leave me a star. Leave a comment. I would love reviews. I'm totally appreciative to everything. If you're here on Anchor, please leave me a comment. I love comments, you know, by just leave me a few words. Hey, good job. I really like what you have to say, you know, um, or give me a star. You know, the more stars you get, the more ratings I'm going to get. Um, I'm trying to step up my own game here on Anchor as a podcaster. Eventually, I will monetize. But right now, this shit is for free. I'm here and I'm not going and I'm not going to accept any excuses. So thank you all for your support. Let's have a great day. Bye. Good afternoon. Happy Memorial Weekend. It is Friday afternoon or evening, 514. It's 89 degrees in Stockton, California. And I want to talk about something before the weekend really starts for me, but a friend of mine had reached out to me asked me to look over the resume and to kind of just talk to me about, you know, getting a career started and doing what I do. And I said, well, um, there are quite a few things that help you, but you got to remember, in this country, it's what you can prove you can do as opposed to what's written on paper. You know, and it's really sad because people go and get education and they're thinking, okay, I get an education in a subject matter that leads me to become a, pro- a professional in whatever career and I can be relied on that I have the knowledge or at least the basic knowledge in the field of study of what I want to work in. And I said, you have great qualifications, you know, you have awesome, you know, and they, and, they, and they really were good qualifications. And I asked them a question, before you graduated, did you offer to volunteer in your career field? You know, did you talk to people that are already working, you know, offer some volunteer work? Because part of me getting hired of how I got in was I had to volunteer. I had to volunteer for three months, you know, I was only going to do it for three months, I was not going to do it for very long, but three months, 90 days, working in the field that I work in. And they're like, well, I thought you were going to, you know, be a lawyer and all this and other that, and I'm like, yeah, but I'm also a, a paralegal, I'm also a paraprofessional, and there's a lot to know about the process that you don't learn in school. You know, you got to be able to conduct yourself professionally. You got to look the part. You got to sound the part. So you to be the part. And they were getting frustrated, and I said, "Don't be frustrated with me. You know, be. You got to rise above your situation. You want to get hired. You want to get paid what you're worth. Well, you're gonna have to put the time in. Because I told her, you know, hey, you're not gonna get what paid." what you think you're going to get paid. You know, a lot of these schools hype up the salary base, but the real fact remains is that 
a lot of times they pay you like shit at first. But doesn't mean you need to keep being paid like shit after a period of time. So how do we ask for raises? When should we expect a raise? Now, I'm going to say, in my experience, a lot of companies don't want to openly give you a raise or a timeline of a raise until they feel like it. But we are facing times of inflation where if a company doesn't pay you enough, you're going to have to look for another job or find a company that's going to pay you enough and that causing you maybe to commute or drive further away, whatever. But the bottom line is, is you're going to have to go out and get it. Now, across this nation, I have some friends here on Anchor who are phenomenal people. I have people that have bachelor's, master's degrees, you know, or I should say acquaintances, but let's just keep it real, you know, for a minute, who've had plenty of job experience, but only make as much as 10 to $12 an hour. Now, how much do you think those educations cost them to get to only make 10 to $12 an hour? $100,000 or more. And it's an epidemic. It's like, I'll give you this fucking piece of paper that's supposed to represent that you're a professional, that you have, a, you are a certified expert in that particular field to go work in this kind of position, and you can be relied on because this paper vouches that you have the ability and the knowledge. Now, with many of our children coming of age and going to college, they face that problem going into debt. Should I go to a really expensive school, go fifty to a hundred and fifty thousand dollars in debt to come out with a fifteen dollar an hour job? What kind of sham is that shit? So you got people like Bernie Sanders who are you know, he's a socialist. I used to follow Bernie but I just kinda I, I've shifted away from him. Now, his aspect is to go after companies for, let's rewrite the term of minimum wage to a living wage. Now, if it, if it was a based on that terminology, a living wage, you know what I mean? So someone in Walmart could earn a living wage. Should someone in Walmart be paid 20 bucks an hour or 17 bucks an hour for operating a cash register, restocking shelves, you know, uh, managerial, you know, they don't get paid much. They don't, you know, and because they consider them low-skill required jobs. But Bernie will say, they should be paid a competitive legal wage if a company can make trillions of dollars or billions of dollars in retail they should be able to pay their workers is he right or wrong that is a that is the million dollar question i cannot necessarily answer but let's get back to the main topic at hand so my friend is like really trying to find a job been unemployed for 6 months sacrificed so much just to go finish school had to quit his, quit her job just to graduate 
she had a $25 an hour job, you know, and she had to quit because the last of her classes conflicted with her work schedule. Her boss was not going to, you know, not going to work with her. She quit. She took a gamble. And now she's scared shitless. She's like, well, am I going to be on make $25 an hour or more? And I said, if you go to the San Francisco Bay Area, you will. But in the San Joaquin Valley, no, you will not. It is not likely that you will. But if you are, you're going to have to volunteer some time to show you've worked for somebody. And she cried and got upset. And I was just like, I'm not telling you to hurt you. I'm telling you to inform me, to help you. So, have you ever been faced with obstacles such as these? The obstacle is your qualification. Does it make you an expert? Does your education make you an expert? Well, even if you have your master's or PhDs, a lot of times it doesn't. Because actual work and work experience speaks way more than your education. But then there's the catch-22, like, well, how do you get the experience and the knowledge without, you know, the education? Because that's what they're going to tell you. That is the trick. When you start your, your education in your specific field, from day one, I will suggest to you, go get experience. Go volunteer if you have that time in that particular field. Network, get to know people, understand people, understand what's required to get you qualified in that position. What kind of testing is going to be required of you to qualify? When are the testing dates? What are the scores? If you start from day one of your education, your advanced education, more than likely, I would say you would get a 70 percentile success rate of getting hired as opposed to go through your education, then just go try to qualify. And what really sucks is, is because years ago in 2008, Obama, you know, President Obama, which I really admire, stated we need to retool America. But what he didn't realize, when you say retool America, re-educate America, he, he, he was putting a Band-Aid over something that needed stitches. Because industries here in the United States are not as abundant. They, we just don't produce enough. We really rely on Chinese goods, really do. And if they stopped shipping, it would really put us in a hole. You would see clothes just astronomically go up. You know, in the short term, that that would happen. In the long term, it would make it would give rise to industries to come back because there would be an opportunity. People would pay. So, you know, it's it's a really touchy subject because you're studying economy. You're studying, you know, sociology, you know, and you just have to understand that what is it going to take to get you working? A lot of people have to retool themselves. Like, 
what they did manually is never going to work again because they have a robot or they have automation that takes over their job. So there's no such thing as job security unless you are a professional like a lawyer, a doctor, or even a dentist. And even then, you still have limitations. So if you're having these problems and these issues, start from day one of your education. And if you couldn't start, you know, start looking where you can get the education in a better light for you to get into the volunteer position to get you experience. Well, thank you for listening to Good Vibes with Jason B, a Broad Minds and More podcast. Thank you.